Welcome back, everybody, to episode 45 of The Baby Mamas. Holy shit, 45. Is that a big number? I guess. I don't know. It feels like a big number. I feel like if I were 45 years old, I would feel like a big number. (laughs) Yeah, we had our first Mother's Day, and I am really curious to find out what other people did, because um, (laughs) what we decided was that this year Angie would have Mother's Day, and I would have Father's Day, and the next year we would switch. We call Father's Day other Mother's Day. But we switch because it would suck for one person to never get, like, a Mother's Day card or, like, you know, just have it during that time of year because it is It's different. Yeah. Yeah, it's a different thing. So, and it's kind of perfect because this year Angie has, you know, Angie birthed the baby and she gets to have Mother's Day on that, in that year. And hopefully, fingers crossed, I will have done the same next year and then I'll get Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. So I felt yeah. very pampered. You did a good job. Oh, thanks. I wish I had done more. I felt like I hadn't done enough. Well, I got up. Jackie made me French toast with bacon. No, no, me and Sterling. Oh, Sterling helped with yeah. a measuring cup and a straw. Yeah, she was very <laughs> useful. It was delish. Mm-hmm. And then I was allowed to just hang out and do whatever I wanted. So I chose to work on my photography. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you didn't have to do any meal prep or dishes all day long. No, I didn't. That was awesome. And then we met up with, well, on the Saturday, because Mother's Day was on Sunday. On the Saturday, we went and hung out with your family. Well, first, let's talk about how fatally flawed Mother's Day is in our family. Oh, God. No, but, it's fatally flawed in all families. In all families, but more so in ours, because there are, like, almost no dads. So, <laughs> what I thought was, oh my god, I get another holiday when I get to be, you know, the center of attention and I get gifts and I get to not cook and whatever else. And then when it came time for Mother's Day, I was like, wait, but how does that work? Because then I have to be doing that for my mom. And then if you have a grandma, then she needs to be doing it for her mom and it it just goes on forever. So it's just, it's not a good holiday. You know what? I've heard, like one of our friends said, oh, whatever, the like moms and grandmas that aren't like currently raising kids, they just get a card and like a thank you note or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's all about the moms who are like currently parenting, parenting, which I like the idea of, but in theory, but I don't think in practice it would work so well in my family. But we had a nice time. We did have a really nice weekend. We went to my sister's on Saturday because so... My family is a little more easygoing about certain no, things. No, but you never explained why it was harder for your family. It's harder in I Jackie's family. Because there's like no dads. Yeah. My mom and my dad are separated, so that doesn't really ever make a difference. But there's like, my mom's single. My sister doesn't have a male partner. My grandma's husband is long, long dead. Ange and I are both gay. The only guy in the family is my brother, and he's in Australia, so that doesn't play into anything. It's just like moms everywhere. So we were all like, ugh. So what we did was kind of smart. We just did like... and with, which has become kind of our go-to for any any holiday now, is to just do a potluck. So mm-hmm. nobody has to do all the work. Everyone just does a little bit of work, and it's, like, super relaxing. 
So that's what we did. We had a potluck brunch at my sister's, and my grandma was there, my mom was there, and my aunt was there, and Angie and I went there, and my niece was there, and Sterling was the center of attention. Oh, God. I don't think she had a single moment where not everyone was paying attention to her. Yeah. Seriously, it, it was like she was in the middle of the room, and everyone was just sitting in a circle around her. They were like, fighting over her. Yeah. They were like, no, it's my turn. No, it's my turn. And then my aunt was like, this is what you do, okay, for, your, for the like, college fund. You sell tickets for specific times, and then these people won't be fighting over her, and you'll make money for her school. It's <laughs> like, that's really funny. Your grandma and your sister were actually like, going at it, like yeah. genuinely. Yeah. She's like, Grandma, you get a seat. You saw her in a, a month ago. She's like, yeah, that was so long ago. And she's like, I haven't seen her in two months. And it was like this whole thing. Yeah. Whoa, to be guys. fair, my grandma does see her more than my sister does. <clears throat> it's, t- it's hard. I feel a little bit like stressed in those moments because I'm like, everybody does need to get a turn. And then poor Hannah, like her... Her cousin, Sterling's cousin, who's almost 10, is just, like, so patient and quiet. But I'm like, you need time. And Sterling loves her. Like, she just wants to... It was so funny. She was, like, so enthralled by her. I keep seeing that, like, kids just are drawn to other kids, even if she's, like, way bigger than her. Yeah. Um, she's still not, an, you know, a full-grown adult or anything. So she just was, like, super happy the whole day, which I was so pleased with. And she's like, had a nap. Because sometimes when we're out, she gets so overstimulated by people and by things that we're doing that she won't nap and then like everything's terrible but she still did so well I had to take her out and I went there was this trail right across the street from your sister's house and I just marched up and down that trail and Mm -hmm. it took her a little while to come down like she was super hyper and like spitting out her soother and like trying to get out of the carrier Mm -hmm. and after a little while I could feel her like slow down and finally she was like Oh, and once she relaxed, she was out like a light. Yeah, because she was probably like, damn, I'm overstimulated. <laughs> totally. But it was really lovely. It was nice. Everybody, like my mom even, because I'm, I'm doing this crazy keto diet, if anybody's familiar. It's like like low, 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 low carb, like 20 grams of carbs or less a day, which is really challenging. Anyway, my mom like accommodated that really well, which was nice. Um, but it was lovely. So we did that on Saturday because my family's like not, you know, super uptight about when we celebrate things. But mine is. <laughs> yeah. And I think that comes from my mom being a shift worker. So we always kind of had to just, you know, figure it out. Um, but your mom would have lost her fucking mind if we hadn't done it on Sunday. So we did. We had her on over on Sunday. And we were like, the whole time we were like, okay, she'll just come over. It'll be nice. Because she's always complaining about not getting enough quality time with Sterling, which is her fault because she bails on us like... 75% of the time. Yeah, or it's she needs us to go do something, so we go shopping and Sterling's in the ergo the whole time, and so that's not quality time. Yeah, so... So I'm like, come over here, Sterling can play with her toys, she'll be relaxed, everything's fine. And you just get better, like, a better version of her, because she's in her space, yeah, right? we've talked about that before. Right. Anyway, so that was the plan, and then the day before, or the, yeah, the day before, she, like, calls Angie, and she's like, I think we should go out for lunch, and we're like... Fuck that. Like, getting a reservation would be impossible. Even if you can get in somewhere, you'll have to wait, like, at least an hour for a table. And then you'd get, like, shitty service because it's so busy. Yeah, it's horrible. Mother's Day is, like, such an insane day in the restaurant industry and... Fatally flawed. And in Vancouver specifically, it's, like, extra crazy because everyone, you know, ooh, let's make it fancy and go to Vancouver, Mm -hmm. even if we don't live there. So... We just put the kibosh on that one. We were like, no, you're we coming here. S- we stayed and ordered Thai food. And my mom was really good. She it was had actually, a good day. It was a really good day. And your brother came and he, he and your mom didn't even fight, even though he was like totally poking her. Was he? He was only here for like 20 minutes anyway, though. 
was like 30-ish. But Sterling was good with everybody. She was just such a little gem the whole weekend. And you almost called her a princess, didn't you? No. Uh, no. I thought I heard a pee, a little no, bit no. of pee. No, uh, that doesn't come to my mouth when I think of her ever. What does come to your mouth? Perfect little baby. <laughs> um, anyway, so it was nice. And the only, the only kind of downside is that um, we... Angie said the only thing she really wanted to do was to go for a walk with Sterling and I to this like restaurant that's right on the seawall and have a drink because she hasn't gone for a drink, out for a drink since the baby was born and it's a restaurant so we can do that. It's right on the water. It's really nice. It would have been perfect. Like a lovely walk, you know, and I was like really looking forward to that too, but true to form, your mom was running late. Everything was late. So she didn't leave until like 530 Mm -hmm. and it was basically time for bath. So we just didn't do it, which I will... We'll, we'll rain check it. it like your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll do it. I know we will. We could do it tomorrow. And we've been moving along with some fertility stuff, which has been interesting. Yeah, we had the appointment with the same doctor that I used yep. for Jackie's venture into getting pregnant. Yeah. Um, so we went in, all of my blood work came back normal and negative, no infectious disease, no STIs. All my hormone levels are normal and optimal, so that's all great news. I'm Mm -hmm. not, like, that's great. It's just fewer complications. And then the doctor was like, we're talking about doing the HSG, which is um, a test where they inject dye into your fallopian tubes and then take x-rays of it to see if they're clear, essentially. Which I had. Yeah. You guys may remember. And I was talking to the doctor about it. He's like, nah, you can do it if you want. I was like, What? (laughs) It's like, you know, like if you tried a couple times and then it wasn't working, then you could do it then. And I was like, yeah, but if that happened and there was something wrong, I would be so mad. I'd rather know going into it that there's no obvious obstructions or impediments to conception. Which is so weird because that's how he framed it when I did it. He's like, we just like to get this out of the way so that you don't end up trying a couple times and then we find out that there's a blockage and you have wasted your time. Like, why the flip-flop suddenly? I don't know. And he's, he was like, you know, if you were my sister, I would tell you not to do it. And he's like, the chances of finding something are so slim. And I was like, yeah, but there's still a chance. Like, any chance at this point, just do it. So I was like, no, I, I want to do it. I wonder if best practice has changed. Like, maybe it was required a year ago when I was mm-hmm. doing it. And now they're saying it's an unnecessary test unless there's a risk. So don't be encouraging people to do it. Maybe. It's possible. It's possible. But anyway, I had that done today, and it was very unpleasant. Yeah. And I, was, I had this moment when I was lying on the... I, want, I thought, I, for some reason, I assumed Ange was going to come with me, and she was like, no, why would I do that? I was like, I was oh. like, you didn't come with me, bitch. I think I was working. Well, I'm working being a mom. <laughs> um, anyway, so I was laying on this thing. Like, it looks like a bed, but it, it, it's like a counter. There's no, for, there's no um, stirrups. Which I'm so used to, like anything that they're You're gonna... so used to. We have some on our couch, no, in but... our car, <laughs> just in case Jackie needs to whip it open anytime. No, you know when you go for your pap every year, Pull you out have a bag stirrups. of chips. You like scooch to the bottom of the table and you put your feet in the stirrups and you let them fall open and you try and relax. Which and is you try and not obviously. queef in the doctor's <laughs> face. <laughs> I don't think that would have happened. Anyway, so this place, there was no stirrups, so you had to like... My butt was, like, as far down the table as I could, but then I had to, like, prop my legs next to my butt, basically. And it was so hard that I could not relax. I couldn't let my legs kind of relax like you normally would. 
And the doctor just like the radiologist just started putting in the speculum and I've never had that hurt so much. It was like instant. I was like, I like actually was like, ow, ow, ow. He was like, oh, sorry, just a little bit of pressure. I wanted to be like, dude, are you fucking new at this? Like, How old is he? He had gray hair. Like he wasn't young. I think that's the same guy that did it for me. He was super nice, but I was just like, man, like warm a lady up. That was really uncomfortable. At least twiddle me a bit. Not that, but like (laughs) it's just not set up well for being probed or being like opened up. Oh. Anyway, it was really, ugh, my vagina is like crawling inside itself just feel, thinking about it right now. I mean, they tell you like it's going to be uncomfortable and they have to keep the speculum in and they like rinse your cervix a bunch, which is also very weird and uncomfortable feeling. But that like it was something about the way he put in the speculum. It hurt when he was putting it in and it hurt the whole time it was in, which isn't the case when I get my pap. My doctor is an OBGYN though, so she knows what the fuck she's doing. Also, I feel like a woman's just going to be a little bit nicer about it because she has those parts. Anyway, so they rinse the cervix a bunch and then they put in this clear dye. And after it was like already starting to like really cramp, he's like, you might feel a little bit of pain. I was like, I might? Yeah, I am. And then you have to move while you have all this shit inside of you. It's like dangling out of you. Yeah, they make you like scooch back along the table and every movement is really uncomfortable and there painful. has to be a better way right like that's what i'm saying and she was like oh they couldn't have stirrups because you have to be laying flat no i, I get like, that yeah, but, but i mean they're... you could have them at the beginning while they're putting in the speculum and rinsing your cervix and doing all that stuff and then they could just fold them back down and you could get on the table and maybe they could have a thing that slides instead of you having to scoot your whole oh yeah the table couldn't be metal like, because sticky it's sticky butt yeah but like you're you're like naked you know, kind of, against the thing. And you have to, like, scoot. It was really awkward. Um, Yeah. Anyway, so, and then while they're, like, doing it, then he made me, like, I had to, like, turn my body, like, Mm -hmm. one way and then the other. I was like, fuck this. Like, and all I kept thinking was, oh, my God, like, all of my, my, like, Angie went through so much, like, I just started thinking, this is so uncomfortable. This is really unpleasant. This is probably nothing compared to birth. (laughs) And not even just birth, but like all the things leading up to birth too. All the insemination. I mean, the inseminations are probably better than that, I hope. Yeah. So yeah. And then afterwards is really awkward because then they're like, here, just put this pad under you and lay here on the x-ray table while all the liquid comes out of you. Oh God. And I was thinking like, am I supposed to make small talk? Because I really don't fucking want to talk to anybody right now. And they're like lab technician who was really nice she was lovely but she was like oh are you going home after this or do you have to go back to work I was like I'm going home and like did not <laughs> did not engage in, I was like this is not a small talk situation my vagina is really uncomfortable and sore and there's shit leaking out of me and I'm on like a fucking counter oh my god imagine with doing a machine that. over me like ew. imagine doing that as your job every day though no. people would just be you would just oh I couldn't yeah it was re- it was really unpleasant and then they're like here you go, and then they, like, give you a, one of those big hospital, blue hospital pads to, like, clutch between your legs when you get down from the table, <laughs> and they're like, there's the bathroom, there's a pad in there for you, which is, like, eight inches thick, it's, like, massive, but then I'm, like, wiping with this, like, pad thing, or this, like... Oh, see, when I went, I brought my own pad, so I didn't have to wear one of their giant woolen... I didn't know that I was gonna need one, I don't know, anyway, so then I was, like, trying to, like, clean myself up, because all this shit was scooging out of me, and there was so much blood. I was like, wow, he really, like, did something inside there, because I don't think there's supposed to be that much blood. Like, it was, like, sorry for any of the, 
like we have any male listeners. Possibly uh, we do, but anyway. The brothers are listening, remember? Oh, right. Sorry, brothers. <laughs> it was like when you have like a heavy period, like when you go to the bathroom and you would have to wipe. It was like that much blood. It was, yeah. Hmm. So not not awesome. So the getting pregnant in this situation is not glamorous. We've learned. <laughs> yeah. It's not, ooh, we just had a nice dinner and we're kind of drunk and giggly and hee hee hee. We have sex and then we wake up the next morning and two weeks later find out we're pregnant. Yeah. No, that's not the situation here. No. It's getting probed by robots, getting stuck with like so many random things in your vagina by strangers. Getting blood taken constantly, uh, peeing on stuff. Man, I'm so intimately involved with my pee now because I've been testing. That's the other fun part. I've been trying to figure out the ovulation strips because obviously I really need to know my cycle, which I've never had to pay attention to, and it's weird, and I don't like it, but I finally did it, and thankfully, I'm one of those people that has pain when I ovulate, so I know when it's happening, so that's kind of helpful, and the strips actually confirmed that it, that's It's so case. weird. When you showed me the ovulation strip the other day, I had, like, a visceral reaction, but I was like, <laughs> oh god, these things again. <laughs> because they were, like, so stressful oh. for you, but for me, it wasn't, it's, it hasn't actually been that bad, because I, like... I've been tracking my cycle on this on my Clue app, and it predicted that I would ovulate today, and I had a positive ovulation strip yesterday, and mm-hmm. I had the ovulation pain last night and today. You should so, still test next month, though, just to, like, mm. enough... The more data, the better, right? No, I still will, but it's just, like, it's nice to know that, like, I know what's happening in my body. Yeah. So hopefully it won't be as maddening as yeah. my situation. Yeah. So that's... I mean, that was positive, but I'm really getting tired of having to, like pee all over my hand while I'm peeing in a cup to try and test it. Yeah. You got to get better at that. I'm getting better, but... But I think that, because like, you, for your keto diet, need to test your pee to see if you're in ketosis. And mm-hmm. so we decided that I should test my pee just to see, like, as a control, mm-hmm. to see if, like, maybe it said I was in ketosis, then the strips are fucked up or whatever. Um, and I don't... Then, actually, we didn't have that conversation. You were just like, I'm going to do it. Ha <laughs> ha. Well, like I thought it would be a smart idea. I was like, well, why no, don't I it? No, it was, but you made it sound like it was such a, like, a concerted, like, let's have a scientific <laughs> thought here about this and decide if this is, like, working. I guess I sometimes I don't verbalize what's going on in my head. <laughs> a lot of the time, yeah. Anyway, I sat down on the toilet with a little cup, and I was like, this is where my pee comes out. And then I started peeing, and it was, like, a completely different direction. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, things have moved around since the last time. Since birth, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. So funny. Anyway, not talking about my vagina anymore. When we went to the fertility clinic and we were meeting up with the doctor and we had Sterling with us because that's our situation right now, mm-hmm. I felt so guilty. Yeah. And I don't mm-hmm. know if, A, it's because I think Sterling's like the most beautiful baby in the world. So I'm like, oh, my God. She's just too beautiful. Everyone's going to be so jealous and, like, mad at my beautiful baby. That, well, you can't. And they don't have one. You can't assume or, that everyone there doesn't have kids, but you cannot assume that most of them are struggling with their fertility. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially, like, we were in the waiting room with two straight couples. Yeah. I'm assuming that they're straight. I don't think I'm wrong in assuming that. Because it was means a male and a female for They both. had to have been trying for a year unsuccessfully. Yeah. And... They were going to the other side of the clinic, so one side's for, like, IUI, um, checking, like, ultrasound stuff, and then the other side is for IVF, egg retrieval. Yeah. And so they were going to the other side. So they already are doing IVF, which means maybe they did a whole bunch of IUI and didn't work, so 
the they're stakes just, are really high. The stakes for those are people, higher for yes. those people, and yes. I felt so bad having yeah. Sterling there. And she's like, "Cool," and being cute. And I wanted to be, be like, "Stop being cute." No, no. And I was like ignoring her, and I wasn't like encouraging her to like make noises or do anything. And she fun. was like making faces at this one couple, and they were totally humoring her. But I was like, "Stop it! <laughs> you're being so like you're just flaunting your amazingness in their face." <laughs> and then you started being like, "Hey, baby," and being like interacting with her, and I wanted to be like, "Stop it, Jackie!" I'm like, like, ignore flaunting. my kid. Like I wasn't flaunting it. I wasn't like a look at my baby i was just like talking to her like, i know but like i normally do because i was so bad i wanted to like crawl under the table and be like i'm yeah. sorry you guys we can't leave her with anyone else yet though i was also just like trying to keep her happy so she didn't lose her shit when we went in to see the doctor because there's always a lot of waiting at that clinic um and the doctor was great he was um it was it was kind of what i expected but i was glad that we went as early as we did because even now it feels like it's coming up so quickly because we thought we would be trying June or July, which is next month. Here's my take on the situation. If I was the only uterus in this family, I would not be trying to get pregnant right now. You mean if you were the only uterus that was willing to carry a baby? Yeah. Yeah. No, you wouldn't be trying to have, get pregnant. I don't even right now. know if I would be. Because I. It's so weird how you don't actually know yourself. I assumed completely because I wanted a baby so badly and I for some reason always thought that I should have three kids. Mm-hmm. I thought that I'd be like fiending to get pregnant again. Yep. And that one wouldn't be enough and that eventually I would just convince you because Jackie's only ever said she wanted two. And that I would just like convince her I could get pregnant again. This was like my plan in the back of my mind. I've only ever wanted two, by the way, because I'm a middle child. Any yeah. of you who are middle children, you fucking understand what I mean. So, yeah, I thought I would definitely want to have two pregnancies, blah, blah, blah. I do not want to get pregnant again. <laughs> no way. No how. What if I'm actually Okay, but what if like legitimately what if I can't? What if something like we try and it doesn't work? That would be a discussion. I don't know. That would be months from now. Yeah. I think it would have to be years from now. I would have to First of all, Sterling would have to be able to like sleep through the motherfucking night because that's <laughs> part of that's like a huge reason like holy shit, I can't imagine bringing It's hard. Yeah. A newborn into this and being so sleep deprived when I'm already like still sleep Yeah, but we're not even pregnant yet. And once you get pregnant, still nine months down the line, everything is going to change for Sterling. I know, but I'm, I'm just having a fear reaction to it. But <laughs> then I remember, oh yeah, okay, so I'm not going to be having to learn how to breastfeed. I'm not going to be waking up in the middle of the night with a newborn. That's going to be Jackie. So I feel more comfortable being like, okay, yeah, we can start this soon because it's also the more, heavy lifting is going to be you. Yeah. It's also more of a concern for you because you've already had such a, like horrendous back issues as a result of pregnancy. Yeah. So that's like another thing that would be really sucky about trying to get pregnant again. Well, it's not even, it, it's not even necessarily the pregnancy. It's also, it's like the labor and the newborn. Mm-hmm. You know, the, all the newborn shit, like, I don't want to go through that again. Like, my fucking nipples and just not... Are you trying uh, to scare me out of this? No, <laughs> I'm not. It'll be different for you. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's wonderful. I'm not... But I'm actually having... I've had nightmares where I've gotten pregnant again. Or that I'm... And you're like, no! Yeah. Where there's a possibility that I'm going to get pregnant or something, and it's it's in the dream. It's terrifying, which is so weird. I, I find it never... so interesting. Me too. your mom... You're, I mean, her mom has, like, a really cool story in this, like, aside from how fucked up she is. She was told when she was, like, very young. She got married when she was, like, 18. I think we've talked about this before. Have we? 
I don't know, whatever. You can listen to it again. Um, when she was 18, she married a, like a much older guy. He was like 14, 40. He was 14. 14. He was 14. He was 40 years old and they were told that they that she was infertile. So she thought she could never have any kids. Because of patriarchy. Yeah. Because they couldn't possibly imagine that maybe it was him. Well, the they just... The 40-year-old guy. They He already had a daughter. So they assumed he was fine. It's like, things can change. Yeah. Anyway, also, it's like a long time ago. That's like over 40 years ago now, so it's not like the technology was the same. Anyway, so she was like desperate to have kids, so when she finally was not with that man anymore... Right, so they were told they couldn't have kids, so they adopted a son, uh, a boy named Christopher, and it's... This part is not cool. This part is very, He very was sad. like four days old. My mom named him Christopher Mark. Mm-hmm. And she was obviously incredibly happy to have him, and then... Things didn't go well with her husband, and they ended up splitting up, and he ba- basically kidnapped her son and yeah. left the country, and she never saw him again. It's so sad. It's really, really fucking sad. And, and she had, I mean, she had nothing. She had no resources. There was nothing she could do to, to find him, and she wouldn't have had any rights anyway at that point because of the way the world was then. And, and he, I think he was three? So she had raised this boy from four days old to three years old, and then he was just out of her life completely. And my mom has such trauma about this. Oh, man. How could you not? It's it's such a horrible thing that happened to her. She has this this repetitive thing that happens when she's out of it or she's, like, she's drinking or even just, like, dreams. She has a lot of dreams where there's missing children or she's losing babies. Well, like, when she was was in her accident, she, like, after her accident, she had a lot of... um, She's obviously out of it a lot. Called ICU psychosis or something like that. Yeah, and she was always looking for Angie. Yeah. Like, she was convinced that Angie was, like, lost and a baby and scared, and she was in the bushes, and, like, even before her accident, which is probably, I don't know, she was she was having these, like, delusional periods as a result of possibly of, I, I, it's hard to know exactly what, but because she, she had just finished chemo, and she was drinking, and she uses quite a lot of psychotropic drugs, and we're not sure, like, she misuses them as well. So there's lots of reasons she could have been having these delusions, but in those delusions, she would actually go outside and look around her in that night in the bushes in her apartment, look like, from her apartment building looking for you, or call us looking. She would leave you messages saying... Asking me where I was. Yeah. But not, like, where are you? Like, where's Angie? Where is she? She was just here, and I lost her. I can't find her. It's so sad. It's really sad. It's just completely leftover trauma from losing her son basically and it's not like i can't imagine knowing your mom's like the story of your mom's family and stuff that anybody was supporting her after that she would have been totally on her own right Mm -hmm. anyway so then flash fast forward several years she meets your brother's dad jim and they she tells him like i can't get pregnant he's probably happier than a pig and shit about that um, he was a total hippie, like, so then they end up getting pregnant, and she's like, oh my god, and then she has three more pregnancies after that, so she has three, she ends up having three kids in three years, and got pregnant a fourth time, and another traumatic incident for her is that her husband forced her to have an abortion, and she, nobody, I it's such a horrible story, but, like, she was at the hospital, and nobody cared that she didn't want it, they were just like, your husband said so, basically. And she was sobbing, and, mm. yeah, anyway. he was like, don't come home. You're not allowed back here if you don't get it done. And she was a stay-at-home mom. She didn't have a job. They were in... And at that time, she had three boys under three. Yeah. 
So it's crazy. But the fact that your mom was just like, boom, 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 boom. Like, wow. I can't even believe your body can do that <laughs> because you're like, she was getting pregnant. Like the first time was like less than six months apart. Like after, you know, cause your brothers, your second brother was born and your first brother wasn't even a year old yet. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. I can't even imagine. And we're like, ooh, one time. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, we don't have the same kind of history of trauma, obviously. That might help also explain why she's an addict and why she's so fucked up. Because I don't know that anybody could really come back from all the trauma your mom's been through. And that's not even half of it. Like, No. Anyway. Anyways. We always come back to my mom. It just always does. It circles around. Always. But yeah, it is interesting. I like kind of knew that this would happen because Angie was always like, we're going to have so many kids. We're going to have three kids. We're going to have blah, blah, blah. I'm going to have so many kids. And I was always like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Sure, sure. Just see how you feel after Let's have one and see what happens. And Mm -hmm. like even, not even that long ago, you were like, I'm never having another kid. I I feel, I feel like right now if you said, let's just stick with Sterling. I'd be like, okay. Right now I would be fine with that. Which is so the exact opposite of how I felt before. You don't want Sterling to have a little brother or sister? No, I do. But I'm I'm saying in this situation wherein I would have to have the baby. So if I can't conceive, you won't? If you can't conceive and you're like... And I don't care. And you I'm, don't care. Oh, okay, no, that's not going to happen. I want more than one kid. I do not want to have an only child. Sorry, only all only children. I just... I grew up with siblings and I... The, I think it's an important relationship. Yeah, I guess that's a good thing, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, I'm so glad I don't have to do it. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited to be your partner, your laboring partner, because I'm going to know what it feels like. I'm going to be able to be such a good support to you. Because I was the worst? No, I'm just I'm excited to be able to be like, yes, I know. I know that feeling. I know where you are. And, like, mm. oh, man. The crazy thing is my friend just had a baby. 14 days ago and I went to visit her and she was talking about her labor we had the same midwives (laughs) and she was telling me that she was like resisting pushing for a long time because she was tired or whatever and the midwives had to be like you know it's time to start pushing it's not that she was resisting it she wasn't actually like the way I interpreted that is that she she, because she was in early labor for 48 hours so that's like exhausting and you didn't have luckily you didn't have to go through that and so she wasn't like working with her body she just wasn't doing anything and her body probably didn't have the strength. Like, your perspective is like, oh, I could never have even stopped it. Like, it was just happening like a freight train. Yeah. But you're, you were going on, like, a totally normal amount of sleep. You only had early labor for, what, like, uh, five hours? So that's, like, comparatively, like, that's nothing. So you had way more energy. Your body had more to draw on, right? I guess so. Because being in early labor for that long, you're not really able to eat. You're not drinking a lot. Like, everything is so depleted. Plus, your muscles are working so hard for so long, right? Yeah. So she just, like, wasn't working with it. That's just so... I can't fathom that. Because Mm -hmm. I feel like I wasn't working with my body either. It was just doing doing its thing. The fact that the midwives had to be like, okay, like, do something, and that she was like, okay, and did something, and then birthed the baby, I'm like, what the fuck? Because well, no, they basically just said, like, if you want this baby to come soon, you're going to have to start pushing. And she was like, Ugh. Yeah. But yeah. then the baby came out, like, in, what, two hours of active labor? Yeah. That's pretty crazy. But she got to have a home birth, and we're so happy, because her first birth was, like, not 
not a great experience. No. Um, and we really, like, she wasn't living here, so we were really, like, she she had a midwife when she first got pregnant, and the relationship wasn't going very well, and we were like, this isn't good. Like, we really want you to have what we had. So we actually asked our midwives, and they ended up taking her as, like, a late sort of hardship case. Yeah, and they, my friend is like, oh, my God, I love them so much. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. <laughs> we're like, that's why we've been talking about wanting to be their friends since <laughs> then, because they're so awesome. Mm-hmm. And I'm so jealous because she had to have, she got to have both of them uh, on the team because like our midwife team is two midwives and when Angie went into labor one of them was um, away so yeah. we had a backup. They're, they're, all the all the people that attended were wonderful but it would have been nice to have Strathcona midwives, you guys. Oh my if you god! You live in the Lower Mainland. Strathcona midwifery they collective. They're the best. So good. They're like dream teams. They they honestly have the best reputation in the province. I would say like they're amazing midwives and I really love their clinic because it's so community oriented they have like a whole donation section so everyone can bring in their old baby clothes and stuff for for like people who need it they have classes they have education they have like drop-ins postpartum drop-in once a week where they feed you like it's so it's so supportive and so wonderful and the people there are just amazing and it made me really think hard about like, do I want to switch careers and become a midwife just so I can be here every day? Don't you should become no, a midwife. No, 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 I'm not doing that. Maybe you should become a doula. No, no, mm-hmm. I'm not doing that either. Um, no, yeah, I've got a career path. Thanks, I'm good. Uh, it's just I was just so enchanted with the whole experience that I was like, oh, and so I'm really excited to do that part of it. But um, after today, I'm like, oh, my vagina. Oh yeah, we get to have them around again. Yeah. Do we get the same ones? Yes. I wonder, or... Yeah, I asked them if they would be my... Yeah, they give they give priority to um to, to previous patients. Because I asked, because I wasn't sure if we would be here or in Port Moody, where we're, where our new condo is going to, is being built, when I have the baby. So I'd ask, like, will you still be my midwives if I'm not in Vancouver? And they were like, yes, yes, we will. So that's really exciting. Um, but we'll probably be here. Awesome. That's that makes kind of me cool, excited. Eh? I'm like, oh my god, I get to see them again. Mm-hmm. Will they remember me? Will they remember my vagina? Um, probably. <laughs> I don't know how often they have to do what they did to yours, but it's probably a pretty memorable experience to have to like excavate someone's vagina the way the uterus the way they did to yours. But that must be crazy to have that be your life. I always think it's such an amazing thing. But also, like, what a weird perspective. You're just like, babies, 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 just everywhere. I mean, you're dealing mostly with pregnant women. It is crazy but... that, yeah, because that moment in time for that family is, like, a huge deal. It's a life-changing moment. It's But epic. you're having, like, life-changing days every day. You're witnessing other people's life-changing moments yeah. every day. There's this picture. Well, they don't deliver babies every day, let's be real here, but just like regularly. Multiple times a week, yeah. don't you think? Yeah, probably. The amount of, cl- I mean, they have so many clients. There's, I don't know if we talked about this, but when I was giving birth, at one point I opened my eyes and I saw the midwife and we have a living room and a dining room. They're two separate areas. They have like French doors going into them. She was in the dining room and she was just like looking around, looking at our pictures at our knickknacks, just sort of like scanning the room, just like dum dee dee. And I was like, this is so weird that she's just like, la la la, while I'm giving birth in the middle of my living room. And it's because it's such a normal thing for her. Yeah. Whereas if it was anyone else, they'd probably be like, pacing back and forth. Like, I don't know what to do. Do I stare? Uh, right? But she's so relaxed. It was, it was nice to see that. 
also all the pictures with her in it if she's in the background or whatever of our birth photography she's like head in her hands just sort of like staring off she's like taking notes occasionally in some of them but most of them she looks kind of bored not, not that bored, I think she was born, but just, but just like, sort of like just complacent. Like, yeah, just like I'm just here, yeah. just waiting for things to happen. Just waiting. Yeah. Ugh, it's such an amazing experience. Like I'm really excited for that, and I'm feeling like I don't know. I feel like I'm probably gonna because I was kind of like not disappointed, but I was really wanting to have like a kind of a drawn out experience of labor because it is sort of like a ritualistic thing, and yours was so fast, and I felt so unprepared for it that I like. It just happened so quick that I'm kind of, I'm expecting mine to go longer than that. I don't think I'm going to have a nine hour birth. You don't know. I don't know, but chances are not. And every woman in my family was in labor for like 30 plus hours for their first. Okay, but your family. No, no, no. In labor for 30 plus hours. That is not something that's debatable. Did they necessarily need C-sections? Probably not. Okay, let's talk about that. We don't know. Your family is... Like a poster child for the medical model of how pregnancies and labor are treated. Yeah. The things that go wrong, the misinterpretations, the like, okay, you're on our schedule now. You're not taking, you're not the being fast is, enough. It's not, it's... All the way down the line, though. It's no, it is. It is, but you... Ha- Hold you, on. Wait, no, 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 let's no, no, explain. No, no, no. I want to say something first, though. I feel like you look at it in a negative way. I look at it as, that's unfortunate, but that's just how things were then. The medical, the 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 obstetric field has changed so much in the last two decades and people are so much more aware of like how intervention interrupts things and how it's not the best for the baby and it's not the best for the birthing mother and that um you know there's no actual too long there's no cutoff point where it's like this labor is going too long it's not that it's too long it's like ah well we can get it out so why wouldn't we it was that sort of that was sort of just the way things were done. And it's not that anybody was wrong about it. It's just, you can't blame the doctors. You have to blame the entire industry. That's what I was saying. Yeah. So I really think that looking back, I mean, I don't know all the specifics of it and I can't say for sure, but I, I'm assuming that based on what I know now of how birth works and how hospitals deal with it, that my mom had a C-section. All she ever told me was that she was in labor for too long for 36 hours and they were like we're getting the baby out and then because she had one c-section they didn't do v-backs back then so she had to have all of us by c-section okay what about your grandma though my grandma my grandma contends that she broke her pelvis when she was a child she never told anybody buddy and it didn't heal properly and she physically could not birth babies she also was not able to 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 breastfeed because she was too sick because of the she was like fully in like totally in the time when they would knock the woman out completely under general or twilight or whatever. And take the baby out. And And she didn't like her first birth was horrible. So was my grandma, my other grandmothers. Like they both had really awful experiences Mm -hmm. for very different reasons. But my, my mother's mother, when she gave birth to her first kid, she was completely knocked out. She didn't know what had happened and they wouldn't let her see the baby for eight days. They yeah. wouldn't tell her what was going on. She had no idea, and she was convinced that he was dead. That's horrible. But she, I mean, if just not being there, not being around your kid for eight days, you wouldn't be able to breastfeed. Your milk would dry up. Uh, I don't think it would dry up that quickly. I don't know. But she said she was too sick to breastfeed with all of her children. So none of her kids were breastfed. 
That's so crazy. Which I'm like, is that because of the general? Like, is it because of the anesthesia? Is it because of complications? Like, I'm not quite sure on the details there. So who knows if she should have had C-sections or not. But they definitely, if they had been done now, would have been way more humane. Okay. Not that I'm saying your grandma's a liar. But I strongly feel like if you broke your pelvis... To the point that it was healed, healed in a in a different way. Like it would have been like completely fractured, so it healed in a different way that got in the way of a baby being born. Which I don't even know how that happens because it stretches out because of ligaments. Anyway, uh, she wouldn't have been able to walk, and someone would have fucking noticed a little kid suddenly who isn't able to walk because I don't know. I'm I'm not saying I have the answers here. I don't know if she would have, by today's standards, needed all those C-sections or not. But she had four C-sections. And so your, my, mom had, my, your mom, your grandma had four C-sections. My, my mom had three and my sister had two out of three. Yeah. So the thing with my niece, and I'm probably going to forget stuff and get some of this wrong, and my sister listens, so she'll correct me on this. <laughs> I'll <laughs> probably have to, you know, have some retractions next time. But, um... She was in labor for a really long time, and I think that was the same reason. I don't... I think it was time. I think there might have been some other complication, but I don't remember. I was a teenager at the time. I really don't have all this information in my head. Um, so who knows if she needed that, like, really actually or not. And I mean, it's okay to opt into it. If- I've heard... Wasn't... Taylor was saying that she was trying to come out sunny side up. Mm-hmm. And but- that she was hitting the pelvic bone. Here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. What I've learned about labor is that your body stretches and the baby's mm-hmm. head gets smaller because it squishes. Yeah. You've seen pictures of babies with super well, the other thing heads. Is, the other thing is like even like basic shit that like you would expect somebody who's in labor and delivery to know. Often doulas have to tell them like this is not the the baby's not coming out right because of the position she's in. Mm-hmm. Just put her on her all, all fours or sit her up or have her sit down. Like Lying down is actually kind of the worst position to be giving labor in. That's not how your body is designed. The best way to eliminate, like, I mean. That's not how mammals do it. No. In the wild. They squat. Because that's how they stand up. Or they stand up because that's how your, like, your muscles work the best. And it actually opens your, your birth canal better that way. So who knows? Maybe, maybe my niece would have come out better if she had been put in a different position. I don't know. I don't, like I said, I don't know if that, that happened or not. I was basically in shock the whole time my sister was in labor because I was like 13 or 14 and was just like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, and then she, they did do VBACs thankfully when, I mean, that wasn't that long ago. My niece is 19 now. Um, so my nephew was born vaginally I don't really remember the details of his birth. I don't think it was quite that long. Um, and then my youngest niece was, I think she was just like in labor for, she was in early labor for a really, really, really long time. And they were finally just like, yeah, let's do it. That's my recollection of it. Because mm-hmm. they, they basically decided that her body wasn't going to do it. I don't know if there was any danger to her or the baby. I think... After a certain amount of time and that the waters broke, they're not, they're not really, hospitals are definitely more um, alarmist or more erring on the side of caution to like do things preemptively instead of, if, even if there's like a almost slim to no risk of like infection. Mm-hmm. Um, they just, they basically, just, it's like, oh, we have an open slot. Man, yeah, let's get your baby out. Except she was waiting and then get kept. Oh. Yeah, she kept getting, she kept getting bumped. So yeah. that was really shitty because she was kind of 
in and out of early labor, but then also was like being starved for days at a time because she, they were like, you're going to go in surgery. No, you're not. Oh, don't eat though. Cause we, we might still get you in. Like it was, it was kind of, yeah, it was sort of like torture. I felt really bad for her. There's this quote that goes, the funny thing is when you leave pregnant women long enough, they go into labor. Yeah. There's no such thing as a pregnant woman who doesn't go into labor and just keeps the baby inside of her for the rest of her life yeah. until it dies. Like, no. And that's the thing. But that's the thing we know now is that the minute you're in a hospital, interventions will just happen. Mm-hmm. The minute they start intervening, they're going to intervene more. It's like a it's like a domino effect, right? Oh, okay, well, we really want to, you know, we want to help you with the pain, so we're going to give you an epidural. Oh, well, the epidural is really slowing down your contraction, so we're going to give you Pitocin. Pito- and then, oh, well, the Pitocin, oh, well, it's making things really intense, and that's putting, like, extra pressure on the baby, and, oh, it's kind of stressing the baby's heart rate out, and, ooh, we're not sure about this. You know what? It, it's not safe anymore. You have to have a C-section. When it's like, well, if you just fucking left it alone... Sometimes early labor lasts for two days, you know? Mm-hmm. It, that's not weird. Yeah. I think that's the problem. It's just like the, the general conception of how birth, quote-unquote, should go. And that timeline, that sort of model that they used, was based on like 50 women from a study in like the 60s when they used twilight sleep. Like, it wasn't based on... It, it was a horrible Sorry. model. Yeah, we it wasn't... About that. Yeah, so... Um, I know, but I feel like it bears repeating, you know? Like yeah. it's, it's like, this is medicine. It is supposed to be based in scientific knowledge. I strongly believe, and maybe your family is going to completely disagree with me, but I think that if, if your family, all these women, were left to give birth naturally, that it probably would have, like, barring complications that arise for any woman, mm-hmm. but I bet they would have gone into labor and they... Done it normally. And done it normally. But it, these interventions and this, like, mindset... Well, the thing is, what happened to them is actually really normal. Right? Oh, yeah. It happens It's really normal. Time. It's just not necessary. That's the problem. It's just this whole ideal of medicalizing birth, which is not really a medical procedure. It's yeah. just a thing the your whole, body like, does. The whole, you're taking too long thing is, like, it drives me crazy. It's so ridiculous. Like, I'm just sorry. Just let it be. My it's... body and my baby are figuring this out, and it's up to them. They know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. You know, yes, complications happen, but not in the percent... It, the vast majority of births are regularly normal. They go... You just leave them alone, they do their thing, and it happens. Mm-hmm. And nobody dies. And your body will make room for your baby. Yeah. Unless you have this condition, which is extremely rare wherein your pelvis does not open up for the baby. And it happens in, like, 1% of women. So this, like, we're treating all women like they can't birth their babies is ridiculous. You hear about these women who are tiny who have 15-pound babies. Yeah. Like, it's possible. The baby's meant to be squishy and soft, and your pelvis gets fucking huge. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you're going to tear, but, yeah, there's there's no such thing as, like, oh, you're not going to be able to do this. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's so funny. My mom is so obsessed with... The fact that if I had gotten pregnant in like the 1600s or 1800s or whenever, that I would have died. I mean, you had a postpartum hemorrhage. But she's like, I don't know why. She's like clung to this fact like, you're so lucky that you're born in this era, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Oh, you would have died. Oh, that's so dangerous what you did. What if the midwives hadn't noticed it? What if... (laughs) What if they hadn't noticed liters of like a liter of blood coming out of you everyone acts like we like just like 
got away with like yeah. barely with your life. And it was like, no, everyone was fully fucking prepared and on top of their shit. And that's why everything was fine. It, was totally it never bad. felt dangerous. It never felt scary because it wasn't. It was just a thing that happens sometimes when you have a really quick birth. You often hemorrhage and then they give you oxytocin and they do everything they need to do to stop the bleeding. And then they stitch you up and, you know, you recover. Mm-hmm. This was funny, though, because after after your friend had her baby and we went to see her, it was 10 days later, we should tell that whole story. Oh, God. Angie was desperate to see her. Like, she was so excited about this baby because her first, her first baby was in Toronto. So she didn't get to be there. She didn't get to be around. She didn't get to experience all this stuff. She's like my closest friend from Best childhood. Best friend in the world, right? So the baby's born and we're like, ooh. Like, we knew what... She was in labor. We knew what was going on. It was really exciting. And then Angie gets this funny rash. I got this rash, rash on my wrist, which just started out being itchy. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Probably from the cats. And then the next day, it was, like, painful. And then it started to kind of feel like a burn. And I was like, Jackie, it feels like a burn. But I didn't burn myself. This is really weird. I wouldn't have noticed. I was like, sure, like, not when you were, like, boiling the kettle. You didn't get a steam burn or anything. You were like, no, 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 no. And then I went to the dentist the next day, and you came to meet me, and you're like, um, it's blistering. I was like, what the fuck? Like, okay, let's go to the clinic. It was blistering exactly like a really bad burn. Yeah. So we went to the clinic, and they were like, ooh, that might be shingles. We're like, what? Mm -hmm. That's a thing? So then they like... They're like, yeah, if you're, you know, immune compromised, like you're lacking sleep, and you're stressed out, your body's stressed, blah, blah. I was like, well, that's me. New mom. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And so that's super dangerous because if you have shingles, you can give chicken pox to unvaccinated anybody. So then I was like, fuck. Well, not just unvaccinated. There's also like, like Sterling had some immunity because of your breast milk. So she actually had some protection, but there was still, you know, we still had to be really careful. Thankfully, the only way to pass on shingles is from direct contact with the fluid from the blisters. So all Angie had to do was keep them covered. But the clinic doctor didn't give her any medication, and it was, like, quite painful. It was, like, yeah. It felt like a burn that was sunburnt and also very, very itchy. It was so uncomfortable. I couldn't imagine. Some people get shingles all over their body in, like, huge patches. Well, normally it starts, like, on your, your like, your torso. torso. Yeah. Um, that would be fucking agonizing but the doctor like was like okay i'll just take a sample of the fluid and we'll send it to the lab and figure out if it's shingles or not and like put a band-aid on it i was like don't cough on anybody and we're like what <laughs> so then we started like looking into it and like wait what about the baby can she still breastfeed like what do we have to do so then i called our gp and she was like wait they didn't give you any medication we're like no she was like okay well that's weird and they kept asking like they really didn't give you anything we're like no <laughs> still no so they got us in the next day, and they were like, you know, we're just going to treat it as though it's shingles because there's a small window to to get treated in. So we'll give you the antivirals. If it if it is shingles, that's good. If it's not, it's not going to hurt you. So that's what we did, and they told us, like, just make sure you don't have any contact with the baby. And I was like, okay, or not, like, not cool. Yeah. No contact with my blister fluid for yeah. the baby. And then I was like, do I need to get a shingles vaccine? Which, no, apparently nobody under 50 is really... There's no indications that we need it. Good to know. Um, But then after all of that, so then we were like quarantined from seeing the baby and from helping out or doing anything, which was really sucky. And then it turned out not to be shingles. 
That's what the test came back as. The doctor said, unless they didn't get like a good sample of the fluid, she's like, itch. I guess it's something environmental. I'm like, what the fuck could I have been in contact with in this apartment that I haven't been in contact with for years? Yeah, we don't have anything new. It's not (laughs) like we bought some new sink cleaner. Like the only thing I could think of that was different was this yarn soak you would use, which is like the gentlest stuff. It's like natural, like... But the thing is with that, I was putting my entire hand in it. So why would it only affect my wrist? Yeah. So we don't really know what happened, but Ange has a really gnarly looking like scabby patch on her (laughs) wrist now. But... We finally got to meet the baby, and he's beautiful, and it was wonderful. But it was really hard, like probably the hardest thing for Ange ever, other than birth. It was the hardest thing ever. Other than birth and your mom almost dying, your mom having cancer twice. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So that was sucky. But, he's so cute, though. But he's so sweet. Aww. And Angie did photos of him, and they're mm-hmm. so beautiful. Ugh. And she wasn't as romantic about her home birth as we are. No, we thought for sure she would be like, oh my god, it was amazing, because she lives in her, her like mom and her mom's partner's house. They don't live in the city, but they, it's like a very like family-family-oriented house. Like The whole family always ends up staying there at some point. She lives there. Family, like Close family friends have lived there. You know, it's kind of just been this, like, very, like, community-oriented house. And I thought she would really be attached to that, but she wasn't. No. (laughs) She was just like, whatever. It was nice to be home, but, you know, whatever. But her mom was really quite happy about it because, you know, her mom was, like, a kind of a hippie. And when she had her babies, it wasn't really there. There there weren't really midwives available. Mm -hmm. So, unless you went to, like, a commune somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. So, I, I I think she probably will look back and feel good about her birth. It was definitely a much better experience for her than, than her first than birth. Her first birth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like do, I mean, I've said this before, but like really consider the options when you're going to have a baby. You don't have to go to the hospital. You don't have to have an OB. You can have a different kind of care. And it really is woman-centered care that's very supportive and very uh, knowledgeable and really, really helps with the whole experience to be not like, it's not like, Ooh, this is fun, but it's like really like a nurturing experience mm-hmm. instead of it being like a very medical and like alienating experience. And if you don't like your midwives, change them. Yeah. And it's same with your OB. I mean, if, I mean, I don't know what it's like everywhere, but especially here in BC, I feel like people f- believe that they don't have any choices because, you know, we don't kind of get taught that. Mm-hmm. But you can always ask for something different. If it's not going well, like ask for a recommendation for someone else. The doctor's feelings might be hurt or they won't give a shit, you know? (laughs) So do what you need, man. Figure out what your options are and do what seems to be best for you and don't make decisions out of fear. We tried something new tonight. We gave Sterling goat's milk. Oh my God. This is our attempt to try and change her sleeping. I finally realized that I wasn't okay with it (laughs) (laughs) and that I was just bottling up how I felt about her sleep because I noticed each time we'd have a rough night and she would wake up a hundred times and I'd have to go in there and lie with her for like 30, 40 minutes before she'd settle down again. And then I'd come out here for maybe an hour if I was lucky and then need to go back in there and not actually get any sort of evening. I was getting more and more frustrated and less patient mm-hmm. with her. Mm-hmm. Not that I was like doing anything, but just like internally I could feel that I was like having less patience for it. So then I was like, Jackie, I'm actually not okay with this. I want to change something. Yeah, it was a bit frustrating at first because I was like, oh my God, because it really, for me, felt like every time you talked to anyone else about their kid and what they did, then you'd be like, oh, we're doing it wrong. We need to do everything different. And then we'd really talk about it. And you'd be like, but I don't actually want to do anything. I don't think that would work or whatever. 
So, especially because a lot of the time, you know, we get advice from people that was like, stop co-sleeping. We're like, that's not the problem and that's not helpful. But when I was hearing Ash say this, I was just like, this is just another example of like, just like last time when you talked to so-and-so and they said they did X and you're like, oh, why didn't we try that? Why don't we try things? And it's because every time we would talk about what the options were, we did try things for one. We had, and you kind of, when you get frustrated, when you're having a hard time, you completely forget all of the, op- you just focus on the negative, which I think most people do. And that's fine. But it gets frustrating sometimes because I'm like, no, that's not true. You're not giving us any credit here. We like did all this research and we tried doing the no cry sleep solution stuff and like couldn't get past the first step. So we kind of abandoned it. We took what we wanted from it or what, what was helpful from it, which was all the bedtime routine. So we talked about that and you were finally just like, cause I, I don't know. I just don't, I need to like have a reason to do something. For me, I really need to know why we're doing it. Um, and then I finally realized like the why is that my wife wants to and needs to feel like we're doing something proactive. Even though I wanted to make really sure that you were aware that like we could try all these things people have suggested and nothing could change. As long as you're not expecting everything, something to be like a miracle, magic, you know, No, fix. do I ever have that attitude about anything? No, but I just think, I think this is an especially different kind of experience for you. Yeah, but I'm not going um, into anything like, yeah. oh, this is going to fix all our problems. So we talked about it a bunch and we kind of went back and forth for a bit. And then finally it was just like, let's just try it then. Let's just try it. And then we didn't. <laughs> for, <laughs> for several days, we just kept not, the thing that we wanted to try was giving her goat's milk before bed. The only thing I've ever heard is anecdotal stuff about how they somebody gave their baby goat's milk and they the higher fat content helped them sleep better. I was like, okay, whatever. I mean, I don't know if that really makes sense to me because the assumption is that there's not enough fat in your milk. We're assuming that there is because she's still growing normally and there hasn't been any issues there. But mm-hmm. at this at that point, at like after like how many frustrating nights and you being like fuck this (laughs) and me not being able to because she does like when she's really having a hard time she doesn't want me to help so So I'm like it's just me going back and forth while Jackie gets to lounge on the couch and watch tv you know I don't it's not like I'm just sitting there I know I'm like fuck I wish I I know I know but I'm saying like I miss you because that's like our time it's supposed to be like this right now is our time so I was finally just like okay this isn't a it's not about evidence-based things or anything anymore it's about my wife's fucking sanity so let's just try it and see what happens because I kept hoping or believing that eventually it would improve and I think that's still the case I think also you can't expect every kid to sleep the same the hard thing is that we look at genetics and you and your father are both horrible sleepers so it could just be that this is how she sleeps because she's yours you know she's genetically yours so but but it can't again I'll feel better knowing yeah at yeah, we point. tried goat's milk. Yeah, we tried hanging her upside down by her pinky toe or whatever <laughs> people want us to do. I'm not going to try that. <laughs> but she, um, the interesting part is that because we never used bottles. We gave we her, did at the beginning. We gave her a bottle like one time. We gave her a bottle time. one time and she took it. And mm-hmm. when I was like, good, she knows how to do it. And then, and then we, we went never to Australia. Found, we went to Australia and I just never felt the need and we never needed a reason for me to pump it's not that you never felt the need you were really upset by giving her the bottle and you were like i don't want to do it you just oh, felt yeah. like it was too stressful it was too much to try and because really feed... again hormones yeah. hormones make you crazy she yeah. took the bottle and i sobbed yeah i don't know why it was like something was being taken from me mm-hmm. i was being replaced i was giving her like a wire monkey mother mm-hmm. oh my god mm-hmm. you totally had like a skinner moment i did i was just like Ugh, and i stood in the doorway like 
because what they say is the mom needs the breastfeeding mom needs to leave so that whoever else can give them the bottle because if you're there they're going to be like no I want the boob so I had to leave the room and then I was like peeking around the corner watching her guzzle down this bottle like (laughs) so essentially after that we never really did it again and you stopped being able to pump it never worked for you after that so there was no real way to use a bottle so we were like, okay, so we got this goat's milk and we had these like bottles that are like these Medela bottles that the nipple is just like breastfeeding and blah, blah, blah. And we gave it to her and she just chewed on it. We're like, <laughs> she's not getting anything out of this. And she doesn't no. latch like a, like, like sh- a newborn. She, cause what you need for the specific nipple is you need to have that like really <sighs> deep, that, like deep open sucking. mouth. And she doesn't eat like that now. So we're like, this isn't working. I don't know how to do this. So she wouldn't really take that bottle the first time. We're like, okay. So then I went out and bought bottles today, and I'm standing in, like, the store looking at the wall of bottles and was like, what the fuck am I supposed to pick? Because, like, a lot of them are like, oh, natural, just like the breast. And I was like, well, that's not good. Like, that's not what we need right now. Is it? Will that be more challenging? And then I was, fi- like, I FaceTimed with Angela. I was just like, I don't know, like, showing her everything. And I was like, should we just get, like, these basic, regular, like, old school bottles? And she was like... I was like, cool, because they're not like $35. They were like $6.99 for three bottles. And we just tried it tonight, and she chewed on it a bit. And then she actually drank from it, like a normal mm-hmm. thing. And we gave it to her. We, she had a little bit of goat's milk in the evening when we were giving her some food. And then she had some more with like story time before bed. And I don't know if that's necessarily made a difference, because she still woke up. I mean, then she breastfed, yeah. but not like a full feed. But we think that's because she was extra tired. She didn't. Our, our, our kid will not eat when she's tired. She's just like, no, fuck off. <laughs> and then she woke up, what, like 45 minutes later? An hour? Yeah. And you fed an her? Hour. And I fed her more because... And that's pretty normal. Mm-hmm. But And she's been asleep now since then. How long has it been? I don't know. We've been recording for an hour and 16 minutes. So, or an hour and six minutes. Yeah, and she... I'd say she'd been, she's been asleep for maybe an hour and 20 that's pretty good for her. Yeah. So we'll see. If it works, it works. Cool. Mm-hmm. If not, whatever. We tried. Yeah. And goat's milk is like the safest. Apparently, it's like the next best thing to human milk. Thing. I don't know. No. Whatever. We didn't want to give her formula because I just don't. I mean, and formula is fucking expensive. Yes. <laughs> yes. This was like $3 for a liter. Whatever. So we're trying. We're trying things and it's kind of cool. I like had this epiphany about it today. I was like, if this works... Ange could, like, go away (laughs) somewhere else for, like, even an hour to yourself. You could, like, go to the gym. You could go, like, talk to your... Have tea with your friend. You could... Tea with my friend. You could have a nap. You could, like, do whatever you want. I was like, oh, my God. This could, like, really change the possibilities for us. Yeah. It'd be cool. So, fingers crossed. Hopefully it works. Yeah. I think as she gets more used to the bottle, I think Mm -hmm. she'll start to drink more. Yeah. Yeah. Tonight was really funny, though, because I was giving her the bottle and reading to her, or we were reading together. She finally just got mad at the bottle. She was like, man! Like, well, she gave me this look, and the look was kind of like she was confused. Yeah. And she, like, looked at me like, what are you, what, what? Like, I'm eating, but you're over there. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Like, this, like, what the fuck? And then she was like, ugh, and, like, pushed it away, and then immediately reached for me, like, yeah. you're not tricking me. Yeah. <laughs> I think she'll get used to it too, and also she'll know like it's not replacing breastfeeding. She's still going to be completely breastfed. So, 
But it was really funny to me that I was like, this kid has like no concept of what this is. Like, <laughs> why are you putting this weird thing? She kept like biting the nipple and then like she'd pull it out of her mouth and it was like, like fingering it sort of. <laughs> I was like, what is this thing? <laughs> it just, it made me laugh. It was funny. But then she just kind of got it. So. Was she like really actually like drinking it? Yeah. Yeah. Because it looks she like she's just going kind back of to, like. She kept going back to chewing on it, which I think she, she normally does with like anything <laughs> you put mm-hmm. in her mouth. Um, she's like hardcore teething right now. I think I also from the store got her like some teething toys and I was like, Ooh, these are going to be so good. One of them is like really, um, has like, I don't know how to like bristles, like rubber bristles. Yeah. Kind of. And she like the minute she put it in her mouth, she was like, Oh yeah. (laughs) She like wouldn't stop. It was awesome. So she was just like in heaven today. I think we had a really good day. Mm -hmm. We had a really nice day. Oh, talking about going back to when I was crying when she got the bottle Mm. another thing that made me cry was recently she hasn't done it since but the other day I was trying to put her to sleep and I normally breastfeed her and then I rock her hold her like a typical baby and I rock her Mm. until she passes out and then I put her down well this night she was like no and she wanted to be sitting up with her head on my shoulder like she didn't want to be held like a baby I think and then I started crying, so I was like, oh my god. She's growing up. She's totally just she doesn't want to need me. like a baby anymore. She's yeah. too big. And I was just like holding her, and I was like, she's big. Like, yeah. her head was on my shoulders. And her, her legs are her still... Her bum was like at my crotch, basically. Mm-hmm. And her legs are dangling down, and I'm like, she's so fucking big. Yeah. Oh my god, she used to sleep. Her entire body would be like on my chest, and I would be able to just like sleep like this. And now I have to like brace myself. Yeah. Like, hold her and rock her straight up and down because she's such a big kid. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we're going to... I think the next step is is to try and not have to rock her to sleep anymore. But part of me really doesn't want to have to stop that. It's such nice cuddly time, although she is the sweatiest kid. Oh, my God. She... It's so funny when I'm like... When she's having a bad night and she won't go to sleep, like, it's happened a couple times in the last week where she just won't go to sleep, she's too wired, and I think part of it is that her naps are getting pushed later and later, Mm -hmm. and we've been pushing bedtime because it felt like the right thing to do, but I don't think it is. I think we we need to go back to early bedtime because that's what we did tonight, and it's gotten a lot better, Yeah. Um, and make sure that her naps are happening earlier in the day instead of, like, being out, because, like, when we're out and there's other people around, especially if there's other kids, she's so stimulated that she won't sleep. So then we're like, well, you know, she missed her last nap. She can't just, like, not sleep at all. And then she ends up, or whether we want her to or not, she'll end up sleeping, like, at, like, 4.30 or 5. And we're like, fuck. And bedtime's supposed to be at 6. Bedtime starts at 6. It's, like, a, you know, 45-minute process. But but. My friend has a 15-week-old who sleeps 10 hours a night straight. No, that happened one time. Okay, but she said she's been going for... Eight hour stretches. Eight hours, yeah. Like, fuck you. Yeah. But we're, yeah. Con- we're convinced that her breast milk is actually Devonshire cream. Fuck, yeah. She has, like, buttermilk coming out of her breast. Her babies are so chunky. <laughs> they are just so, like, content, and they sleep well, and they're... I'm like, can you just, like, feed Sterling and see what happens? I know. She should be our goat. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and ask her. She'll be our Will goat. Will you be my goat? I yeah. actually would be really interested to see what would happen if, if we fed Sterling some of her milk instead. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe that's the magic. Yes. I mean, it's that and it's also like genetics, you know. She's mm-hmm. the person that likes to sleep 10 hours, so it doesn't surprise me that her kids are like such good sleepers. And we were over there yesterday and her son, who's two, 
was like, Mom, Mom nap. nap. Mom, nap. She was like, oh, yeah, right, it's nap time. Okay, it's a good thing you asked. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Mothers around the world are cursing you if they can know about this. Like, Yeah, normally you're like, it's nap time, and the kid's like, no! Yeah. He's so sweet, though. He's oh, such a God. cuddly, cuddly little boy. Anyway, um, no update from Alex and Aaron this episode, um, but... We're probably, thinking about you. Probably next episode. We're rooting for you. Wait, no, I can't say rooting for you to an Australian. <laughs> My sister-in-law it, uh, informed me that that's a word for sex there. So no, we're not having sex for you. <laughs> we're we're sending you fertile thoughts, and hopefully you have great news for us. And if not, we will still be happy to share along this journey. And that's probably enough for us, because you know what? Bitches, our baby's still sleeping, and we gotta go do some stuff. (laughs) All right. Until next time. Adios. Baby mama's out. Peace. Let's just not do the podcast at all. (laughs) Your baby mama's podcast. Thanks for listening to the Baby Mama's Podcast. Make sure to like them on Facebook and give them a great review on iTunes. Have a good day.